0: It's very, very, very difficult to speak in such a place where we're sitting now. It's extremely difficult. And just the sense that I get to sit in your presence makes it all the more difficult. To say anything in the presence of Mevakshi Hashem, people that are looking to grow people, looks like, from every stage in life, from every background, from all over the place, who are coming together for one unified purpose. What can I add? What can I add to what you are and to what you have? I think i do more of a service by not saying anything and just sitting in silence with you in this place. Sometimes silence is louder than words, and all the time, a niggin is louder than words, all the time. And so, at least we can begin with a niggin, and that means Hashem will do some learning together with Siyatei But first and foremost, just to begin with that sense of hakar of awareness. of the unique nature of the three realms of reality that we're experiencing right now, which the Svaram divide into Olam, Shana, and Nefesh. Olam is space, Shana is time, and Nefesh is the individual. And so in this place, that's the Olam that we're sitting in. And this Shana is the time that we're sitting in now, and I don't just mean the end of a trip, and the beginning, we'll speak a lot about the beginning of the next phase in all of your lives that absolutely, I'm positive, have to be different after a trip like this and after meeting women like these. But I mean more broadly, current events. This moment in time that we're sitting in, not not to live in a vacuum, even while we're on a trip, we have to stay connected to what's going on because it's ours. And it's not something that doesn't have to do with us. It has very much to do with us. And in the aspect of Nefesh, like I mentioned before, this wonderful, wonderful group, and I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to be here and to meet you and to learn with you. So let's start with the Nikin and then we'll learn together with Hashem's help.
1: Dad, 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 Return again Return to the land of your soul Return again Return again Return to the land of your soul Return to who you are Return to what you are return to where you are born and reborn again. Ta na 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 na, ana. I did to, to and you are I and da and I and I and are born and be born again. again. Return again, return again, return to the land of your soul. Return again, return again, return to the land of your
0: souls. <laughs> you. So with the help of the Master of the World, in the short time that we have together, there's so much to do, of course, But just in the short time, to speak a few words. Part of the unique nature of this moment is that we're two weeks before Purim. With all of what that means, begashmias, the preparations that we need to do. I don't know how how you are here, unless you prepared everything before, but you're going back to a headache, right? Purim sudas, and and costumes, and shalak and themes, and all these different wonderful, amazing, special, beautiful, holy things. But along with that comes the necessity to prepare on an internal level. You stop the random Jew on the street and you say, No, you're prepared for Purim?" What do they think you mean? Do you have your costume? Shalach But there's another kind of Jew that's awakening in this generation that I think all of us share this. Where we understand that preparation is not simply a practical exercise. But it means to say that there needs to be an internal preparation as well. The Pasuk says in the Megillah, which means that HaMelech acted in accordance with the advice of Haman. Haman is Memuchan, Chazal tell us. And Haman advised Achashverish to do away with Vashti. Va'yas Hamelach Kedvar Memuchan, Achashverish, listens to to this advice. The Sadiqim teach. That Hamelech always, when it doesn't say Hamelech Achashverish, Hamelech is a reference to the Shel Oilam, to the king of the world. And the word memukhan, in as much as it means Haman, but it shares the same root as the word Hachana, which means ready or prepared. Say that tzaddikim when it comes to Purim, this is true across the board, but specifically about Purim, Vayas Hamelach. All of what the king is giving us on Purim is in accordance with, memuchan, with how much we prepare. How much we prepare inside. How much we learn about what's happening on Purim. What Purim is be-etzen. Not a commemoration of something that happened thousands of years ago by We always like to give the mashal of a Shabbos clock that ticks around and around and around 24 hours and you have little tabs that you put in and when it hits the tab, the light goes on and that's how the Jewish year is. There are certain special days around the Shabbos clock of the Jewish year where there's a little plastic tab and those are the Chagim. In Pesach, there's a tab. In Yom Kippur, there's a tab. Sukkot. there's a tab. Rosh Hashanah, Shavuos. Purim, there's a tab. And every single year, much like it did the first time around, when we hit that point in the calendar, the lights go on. It's not a commemoration. It's a re-experiencing of the very energy that brought about that first nace. And it means to say that whatever we're learning about Purim, whatever we learn about the Megillah, the depth, and the Omen, of what the messages are, and what the spiritual lights are, that are shining and revealed on this day in the Mikubalim. and I have time now to get into every detail, I could tell you that it's the highest light that's shining the whole entire year. There's not one day in the entire Jewish calendar where we have access to the levels of spiritual energy that are coming down on Purim. And the biggest proof to this, of course, is that Yom Kippur is presumably one of the highest and holiest days of the year, the high holidays, where we're angels, you know, eating and standing in Shul the whole day or with our kids, maybe even higher. But if we're able to daven and shul the whole day, it's the highest thing in the world. But the full reading of Yom Kippur is Yom Kippurim, which means that it's only like Purim in some distant way. Yom Kippur is almost like Purim, but Purim is the pinnacle. Purim is the pinnacle. It's the highest, highest point in the calendar. And so we need to prepare. And the Svarim teach us that the primary way of preparing is to learn about the Yom Em Toivim, And in so doing, this awakens within our hearts a tremendous yearning for the Chag. And in accordance with how much we yearn for the day, in accordance with how much we look forward to it, not simply because we're gonna have a nice suda and it's gonna be beautiful and great memories and pictures and Purim parties, but the way that we're open, open to the lights that are shining within our nishamas on this day and the access that we have to places within ourselves and to truths within relationships and to clarity into the existential premise of why we're in this world and what we're doing here. The experience of Kirva Salukim on Purim that's possible in a moment that brings us beyond time and beyond space on a day that's part of the calendar, but it's not part of the calendar. It's above time, it's beyond space. And it's even beyond the third category we spoke about before, the ego, the nefesh. Ad yada, we leave our das at the door on Purim. How much we yearn for that is going to be how much we're able to receive. The B'ditch of Arav, the kedusha slavi, S'chus Yagun teaches that if a person won a lottery, but the earlier form, before funds could be transferred to your bank account, where they would actually come and deliver gold, bars, silver, diamonds, things of actual value, not the representation in paper and coins. You won the lottery and they're coming to bring you everything, but the problem is that you live in this tiny dilapidated Dira apartment, like in Meisharim, right off the street, and you have maybe one bedroom for six kids and a little bit of a kitchen, and you have nowhere to put it. So. Just in practicality, what can you do? You won the lottery, but you have no place to put anything. But he says, if you have a khatzer, if you have a courtyard, there are chairs over there. Do you, you want to sit? Are you, are you okay? One,
1: one,
0: yeah. But if you, he says, if you have a khatzer, if you have a big courtyard and you have place to put everything, says the British of Arav, when it comes to Purim, and when it comes to the Yom M'tayvim, the question is not whether or not we're going to win the lottery. We win the lottery in a spiritual sense every Purim. The question is, do you have a space to put something? And how do you get that space? So the Pasuk in Tehillim says on a literal level, Nikhsifa v'gam kolsa nafshi l'chatsris Hashem. David says, I yearn and I long for this place where we're sitting. The center of the world, the center point, the place where heaven kisses earth. Tavaramalach says, I yearn for this place, and he yearned to find this place and to build something here. That's what it means on a simple level. Says the Bradichivar. Inasmuch as a Jew is yearning for a chag, yearning to experience Kirva Salokim, yearning for a contact point with something bigger and higher, which we'll speak about now. That gives you a courtyard. That gives you the courtyard. So when it comes that day that you were yearning for, that you were yearning for the day, then you have a chatzr, then you have place to put everything. There's only one way to build up yearning, and that's to learn about what we're getting. How excited can we possibly be for a vacation? If we didn't do all the Googling beforehand to find out where we're going and what the sites are and what the history is and so on and so forth, it's infinitely more exciting when a person knows what the program is, what there is to look forward to. You have to learn about what the nature of Purim is. And it's a lifelong journey. Don't suffice with the surface level, what you got in in grade school or even in seminary, believe it or not, even in seminary. Beyond, 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 every year we have to grow in our perceptions deeper and deeper and deeper find the time and I know everybody's busy but if you're the type of person who's interested in joining a Chabur like this and a mission like this, you're the kind of person who will find five minutes before the kids wake up, five minutes at night, you set aside time not not intense levels of anything for your personal growth Sure, no problem. I'm having a problem with my throat. I don't know why. Okay, I'll try, Bezrashan. A lot of times people make the mistake of of thinking, women make the mistake of thinking, that after you leave seminary and you enter in the role, whether it's the mother, whether it's a, a job or whatever it is, a spouse, your, and this is what they probably told you in seminary, is that your Abba Hashem now becomes that. On a level, of course, it's true. But on a level, it's mamish not true. In the sense that you can very easily become completely devoured by all of that, and in the back of your mind somewhere you have this Rebbe who spoke to you in seminary, some mora, some teacher who told you that this is also Abba Hashem, and it's true. But at the same time, you're people in and of yourselves. And your entire lives cannot become consumed with caring for other people to the point that you stop taking care of your own spiritual growth, which needs to be specifically spiritual growth. Not not anything, uh, you know, hiding behind a Purim mask. mamish, learning, learning. And I know that all of you do, so I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here learning, joining shiurim, joining chaburahs, working on sfarim, working on projects. And it takes time that you can steal that time. Five minutes here, five minutes there. And so it's a privilege to sit in the presence of women who are taking their Yiddishkeit with both hands and yearning for something, yearning for something, because you know better than anybody that the state of your homes, spiritually speaking, is far more dependent on you than on your husbands, far more, for many reasons, far more. You know that, I, I don't need to tell you that, it's pashat. it's obvious, it's obvious. Because big Tamide Chachamim, they might have gotten their Gemara in Yeshiva, but the Yiddish kite they got from their mother, it's posh, it's obvious. And and they'll tell you that. We're sitting in Eshat Torah, so I'll tell you that Rav Yitzhak Berkowitz told me that, the Pemale yeah. mm-hmm. Rosh Torah. Is your domain. Emuna's our domain. Emunah the domain of this generation. So let's begin slowly. Let's begin slowly. But we need focus, and we need a lot of siyata de shemaya. We have a lot to accomplish. One of the most fundamental concepts in Judaism is that the human being is a composite between a body and a soul. This is like elemental, elemental. You can't move one inch anywhere in Yiddishkeit, in Halacha, and Torah, without this premise. This is the basic, basic, basic foundation of Jewish thought is that we are not physical beings alone, but that we contain a spiritual entity within. That the guf, that the body is here to serve, much like a car to a driver, but the neshama is the real person, and we utilize the realities of this world to enable the neshama to do things and to reach higher levels than it could have in the spiritual realms beyond, body and soul. There are a thousand differences between these two things. Obviously, at the root, we're talking about physicality and spirituality manifest, right, in the bodily component, and the spiritual, the soul component. But we're talking about the realm of the physical, corporeal, and the realm of the spiritual. So many differences, so many distinctions between these two realms. But there's one that's extremely, extremely foundational. And this distinction is the difference between separateness and completion, fulfillment, wholeness. This physical world is defined by multiplicity, diversity, separateness, everywhere you look. There's domain, somea, Chai, Medaver, inanimate, plant life, animals, the human being, Four components of existence. All of those four components are created through a composite of eshurachmayim afar, of all the four elements: fire, wind, earth, and water. There's the sky. There's the earth. There are hills. There are valleys. There are different human beings that are distinct one from the other. That I'm sitting here and you're sitting there. Everything about the physical world is separateness, fragmentation is the nature of this world, which is why the human being only has eyes on one side. Because that means to say that we can only ever see in one direction, because this world is always going to be an experience of fragmentation. I can't see behind me. All of us only have one slice of a given moment, of a given experience of seeing, because that's what this world is. It's a world of fragmentation and separateness. The realm of the spirit is the realm of the holistic, is the realm of unity. The neshama is a unified entity. It itself is a hearing, feeling, smelling, talking being. When it comes into the body, it manifests its capacity to speak in the mouth, its capacity to see in the eyes, its capacity to hear in the ears, its capacity to smell in the nose, but it's only on the body that these are separate senses in different places. In the soul, it's one. And in that sense, spirituality is not completion in the sense that you have a house that's almost built, but it's missing one brick at the very top. Spirituality lends completion to the house because it is the final brick. That's not the sense of completion that we're speaking about. Spirituality is fulfillment in the sense that you already have all of the bricks. But it is the cement that brings all the bricks together. That's what the spirit is. And that's the difference between a purely physical and material experience of this world where each experience is separate from the last and each relationship or each encounter is a completely separate world disjointed and disconnected from the next person that I'm speaking with and that my work time and my vacation time are two separate things and my holy time and the mundane times are two separate things all of that fragment and fragmentation is in the realm of the corporeal, is in the realm of the physical To be a spiritual person, what does that mean, to be a person who's spiritual? It means that there's a running theme that unifies every aspect of your lives. That's what it means to be a spiritual person. That's what it means to be a person that's bound up with the spirit that can be found in the material world to those willing to listen, which is our essence as Am Yisrael bound up in the declaration of our faith, which is Shema Yisrael. We are a nation of listeners. We are defined by our capacity to listen. We are not defined by our being the nation that Hashem speaks to. Because Hashem speaks to all nations in the same way. Solidified in creation around us. Hashem spoke the world into existence and He speaks the world into existence. Why are we different? Because Shema Israel, Because we're the nation that's listening. And when we're doing this and we're tapping into the spirit, to the soul of the world, which is the spiritual realm beyond the physical facade, then we become people who are imbued with spirit in the sense that we're not fragmented. And that no matter where we are in life, and no matter what we're doing, Rabbi Nachman in Torah Lamid Gimel describes this as there not being a difference between what he refers to, Bain bet these are two aramaic words one which means a good day and aku is a pretty bad day and there's no difference ain shinui says davar belakimahalo davar whether i'm experiencing chasad halodavar i'm praising whether i'm experiencing gvura, belokim is the name of din harsh judgment severity a halodavar why because davanamelach was a spiritual person which means that there's a sense and an experience of his shtavus of equanimity and I could be by the koisel. And then a couple of hours later, and I hope Mashiach comes before your flight and that you don't have to go, but a couple of hours later, we're back at home with all the mundane responsibilities and a grocery list on the, on the, on, on the fridge and all of these different things that we need to take care of and back to quote-unquote real regular life. But if we're people who are not just inspired in the moment, but are gifted with a holistic set Of spiritual principles that you can take with you, then in a certain sense, at the core there's no difference. At the core there's no difference. At the core there's a running theme that binds both those times together where I'm on a mountain, together with those times that I'm in a valley. And I realize that both are shining opportunities to be Megalic Foyt Shemayin. to become people who are attuned to the spirit hidden beyond the facade of the physical, much like the soul is hidden within the veil of the body. In Kabbalah, existence is split into two primary realms. And of course, it's infinitely deeper than this, we don't have time now. But on a very, very basic level, existence could be split into two realms. The spiritual foundation of existence is wrapped up into the name Yudke Vavke, which is called the Shem Havaya, not just because that's the letters Yudke Vavke flipped around in such a way that we could pronounce it, because we can't say the name Yudke Vavke, so we refer to it as the Shem Havaya, but the word Havaya means something. What does it mean, Havaya? Uh, yes, it contan- it's a conjugation of <laughs> but it, mean- it means something on its own. It's a word. Existence, exactly. So the Shem Havaya is not just the name of which of course it is, but it's also the name of existence. And this name has four letters which lends itself to two groups. Yudke and Vavke. Very, very basic, very, very elemental. Two realms of existence, Yudke and vovke. In Kabbalah, these worlds are referred to by the terms Alma de Iskassia, which means the hidden realm. And then we have the Alma de iskalia, the revealed realm. All, all of, Alma de Iskassia, which means hidden, and then we have the Alma de which is the revealed physical world that we see around us. These two realms are also represented in Rachel and Leah. Leah is the Alma de Escalia, Leah is the hidden realm, very, very deep and hidden. Yehuda comes from Leah, it's very, very deep. It's the realm of the Baal Tshuva, we're getting to the depth of it now. And Rachel is the Alma de Escalia, Rachel is the revealed world in the Pasuk, which introduces Rachel and Leah, tells us Shame ha Leya. Leah. Shame ha Katana is Rachel. Say all the Tzaddikim. Shame ha should be read. Shame Hay Gedoyla. The first he in Yudke Vavke is Leah. And that's Yudke. That's one group. That's the Almadeus Kasya. And Shame Hay Katana. Shame ha Katana is Hay Katana is Rachel. And that's the final he of Yudke Vavke. That's the Almadeus Galya, the revealed world. What's perm all about? What a privilege that we have perm coming up. What a privilege. What a blessing. Our heart should be engulfed with yearning for perm. What perm is, huh? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, mic, I
1: mic.
0: no it's all, I'm, I'm gonna try to speak a little bit louder I'm just I'm just getting over strep and so my, my throat is still is still no it's okay I'm on the antibiotics bro you don't have to worry but it's uh no water water is fine it's just hard for me to I apologize seats in the front I was saying what a privilege it is that we have purim, that we have purim coming up. It's such a privilege. It's such a schus. So what's purim all about? Purim is about the eradication of a malik. And a malik is not just a nation. Because in as much as we prepare for purim by making sure that we have our shalakhmanas ready. And, and it's a cute theme that we didn't do last year and that none of the neighbors did or none of the neighbors will do, chas but it's something <laughs> completely original and unique. And as much as that's our preparation and if we're ki- the kind of people that, that we think that that's what it means to prepare for Purim, we think Amalek is a nation that we need to eradicate. It's the same, same Svara, it's the same Shita. But the deeper people understand that Amalek is something else, is something else. Amalek is an inner force. Amalek is a state of mind. Amalek is a state of being. What is Amalek? Amalek is many things. But at its core, Amalek is safik. But at its core, we need to look back in the Pesukim. <coughs> that referred to what it is that Amalek does, says the Pasuk. Ki <speaking> There's a hand, says HaKadosh Baruch, who's swearing on the Kisei covered, milchama Shemba ba'amolek midar-dar. HaKadosh Baruch who says, I have a battle with Amalek in every generation until the end of time. Say what's the strange terminology? Yad al Ka? What's a case and what's Ka? Case is translated as chair. That's not how you say kisei. chair, it's Kisei. And Ka? There's only two letters out of the four letters of Hashem's name. All the while that Amalek is in the world, the chair of HaKadosh Baruch is incomplete, and that's why the letter Aleph is missing. And the name of HaKadosh Baruch is, so to speak, incomplete. And that's why it's only the first two letters of Hashem's name without the last two letters. What does this mean? So we started off by speaking about spirituality and physicality, We started off by speaking about the body and the soul, which means to say, the world that we could see with our own eyes, the world that we can experience, which is a world of pirud. It's a world of separateness. It's a world of essential meaninglessness, which means that there's no one theme running through my life, and I don't see myself as being a soldier on a mission. Not just when I'm on a trip in Eretz Yisrael, But every single second of our lives to understand what that mission is, to understand what we're a part of, to understand the time in history, what the Tzav Hashah is, what our generation's mandate is. But period. Everything is just separate and disparate. Physicality vis-a-vis spirituality. And then we spoke about the hidden realm, Alma de escasia, Yudke, vis-à-vis the Alma de Esgalia, the revealed world. Amalek's whole mission. And this is the inner force that we experience inside of ourselves all the time. And we'll speak about when it intensifies. And you'll tell me when I'm out of time because I can go for a thousand years like my wife knows.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you have to stop me, it's dangerous. What does Amalek What does want? Amalek's whole thing is to have us convinced that all there is is the physical and that if there is a spiritual realm, it's so deeply up, 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 up in Shemayim that it never descends into the mundanity of a regular Tuesday in December or in March this is the deeper omek of what it means that Amalek leaves Hashem's chair incomplete and the name Yudke Vavke is truncated to the first two letters because Amalek tries to convince us that the Almedes Galia the revealed world isn't drawing on the Almedes Skasia, isn't communicating something of a Kaddish Baruch inward glory That the world is just how it is. It's just a physical realm. And there are facts to life. And there are natural processes. And there are societal norms with regard to how we're expected to behave and spend our time that dictate to us what's important and what's not important. How we should spend our time, what we should spend our time worrying about, thinking about what the stages of life are and so on and so forth. Without those things being infused with the kisei of Hashem, what's a chair? We're all sitting now. What does it mean? It means we're relying on something. We settle into a chair. And Amalek says the chair of Hashem is not complete because the physical world is not connected to that inward spirituality, the realm of Leah. And that the realm of Leah doesn't transcend and doesn't descend, rather, into the realm of Rahab. Where does Amalek attack? When does this happen to us? When we're weak. What's that? When we're, weak. when we're weak. When are we weakest? When are we weakest? When, are we weakest? when
1: we're weakest? And we're not preparing for the
0: holiday. All of these things. <laughs> so let, let's, so let's, let's, let's go in that direction. For All of these things are true. All of these things are true. Let's go in that direction for a minute. Because there's a pasuk about this also. But before we get to the pasuk, there's a story that some of you may have heard of. And it's called The Lost Princess. Uh-huh. This story that Rabbi Nachman told, the first of his 13 tales, *Sipurim the tale of the lost princess, which is the story of everything. <coughs> and it's the story of in a more general sense, of the Jewish nation. And Rabbi Nachman, on a certain level, doesn't tell the end of the story because that's Mashiach, and he doesn't want to reveal too much. But he tells everything until then. And it's the deepest secret of Yiddishkeit, this story. Wow. Crazily enough, you think sounds bizarre it's four pages depends on which print you have but it's, it's but it's short and i can genuinely tell you that to the best of my tiny limited knowledge it probably doesn't mean much to you but the, the best of my knowledge is that this story sits at the core of every hebrew word i've ever read in any safer about anything this story is at the center of it sounds it sounds crazy until you, until you allow yourself to explore it and open your heart up to it. But this story begins with a little bit of an introduction. Rabbi Nachman says, Baderech siparti maisa. Along the way, I told a story. Along the way, you told a story. None of the other stories, except for the last story, interestingly enough, the seven beggars, a number of books could be written on Beis Hopefully, one day. None of the other stories start with an introduction. What's this introduction? But Derek said, "Okay, you told a story. What do we need? The historical background. Tell me the story." But the story, of course, is about a princess who gets lost, as you might have guessed from the title, right? It, it's about it's about a lost princess. And the princess, as we get into it. The princess is the experience of youthful wonder, of a feeling, a perception that this world is pulsating with an otherworldly energy, and that every moment is a gateway to infinity, to eternity, and that everything's possible, and that every tiny little mundane stupidity blows our minds and our hearts. And we're learning things every day, and we're open to it, and we're curious about it. And we wake up every morning, not with another eye, oh. you know, hit the snooze button, pillow over the head, another 10 minutes dragging, dread, and getting out of bed. But kids are, I mean, anybody who has kids can tell you, <laughs> my three-year-old, out of bed, out of bed, the second, the second the eyes open, bound, bounds into the room with this incredible excitement for a fresh new day. What's so exciting already? It's the same gun you went to. It's the same train you'll play with. Life is exciting. Learning is exciting. That sense of wonder that we lose. And where do we lose that sense of wonder? Says Rabbi Nachman. si party myself. I told this story. Badere. To those who took a journey. And the journey is the journey, of course, that all of us take. Perhaps it's the one journey that is unique not only to all Jews but to all human beings, to all adults. No matter who you are, no matter what your background is, no matter any nature of your personality, you took this journey and that journey is the journey from youth to adulthood. As that journey from a little girl to a grown woman, from a little boy to still a little boy, I hope, but to, but to, but to, a, to a grown man. That all of us took this journey And it's on this journey that something happens to us. And it's along this journey that we stop believing in things beyond what the natural experience of the limitations of this world seem to be. When we lose that spark, when we lose that light in our eyes, when we lose cheshek for life, And it becomes a drag. And we have this nauseating feeling that we're being sucked into a corridor that we really don't want to be in at all. But before you know it, it's just day after day after day, thing after thing, experience after experience, period after period. And we lose that vitality. And we lose that excitement and that feeling and that passion and that inwardness and that depth and we sink into an Olam Azeh, into an Alma galya where we completely detach from the Alma d'Ezgassia. And the longer we spend in Olam Azeh, the more we become entrenched in it. And we start seeing things through Olam Azedek eyes because those become our categories. And that becomes normal to us. And we start to look at other people and see the goof and not the neshama within. And we begin to look at circumstances and challenges and difficulties and relationships, and different things, in in a way of chitsoynyes to chitsoynyes to chitsoynyes, and an outside, outside, external, external perspective, without getting into the neshama of the Indian because we lost touch with it. Says Rabbi Nachman, I told this story of the loss of the princess, says the Pasuk about Amale, Asher korcha baderech. Amalek comes to cool us down, Baderich, on that journey that we take. That's where we lose something. That's where that ember, or those embers and that fire, that flame, Ner Nishmas Adam, where the Neshama becomes shut away and the coal begins to grow ash and ash and ashes upon ashes, and we become frozen over robots and we just move into life and we give up hope we give up on our dreams we give up on our ideals we give up on our vision for what the world could be And we become realists in the most twisted cynical sense of the word because your realism is rooted in a world of Sheker when people say they're realists what do they mean they mean what do you mean Look at the world. I'm a realist. Yeah, look at the world. It's de Shikra. So your realism is in a way more delusional than a person who still believes things can change. Realist. But we sink into that. We lose something. Says Haman in the Megillah. Yesh am echa, there's one nation. That's scattered throughout the world scattered among the nations, scattered among the kingdom of Achashverish. doesn't just mean that they are scattered one community from the next, but within they've become scattered. This is the attack of Haman, this is the attack of Amalek. We've become people of Almadez Galia. We've lost touch with the unifying world of the Almadez Gassi. We've become a nation of people who Are you know, some people are scatterbrained. We've become scatterhearted Scatter sold. Mm-hmm. They become scatter sold. S O U L E D, right? What's the tick and with this we'll come to the end, we'll sing one more song. How much time do we have left?
1: Five five. It's a good sign
0: if it takes that long for you to tell me. It's <laughs> Most five be- five, five. <laughs> five about, Okay. Okay. So so listen to this with Hashem's help, who's really real. He's really real. His mom is real. It's not just an idea. He's in this room. He's all that exists. He's holding us every minute. He's enveloping us. He's filling us. He's empowering us to go back to wherever we came from with a fire, a fire. Not just for our families, for our communities. Dream big. Dream big. Children dream big. It's when we get big that we dream small. Small children dream big. Big adults dream small. Dream big. How does Purim fix all of this? Well, this will come to the end. How does Purim fix all of this?
1: <coughs>
0: <laughs> Mordechai at Mordechai ha Purim, more so than any yontiv, is the yontiv of Yiddishkeit. It's the most Jewish yontiv about no other tzaddik throughout history to use the term Yehudi. Mordechai HaYehudi, he was such a Jew. In every single tiny inflection and every facet and nuance of his personality, he was a Jew. Mordechai, Mordechai HaYehudi. That confidence that he had, that clarity, that attunement to what the nation needed, what the generation needed. Mordechai HaTzadik, Esra, Malka. Could speak for hours now about each of them. What they are, not just what they were in the Megillah, but spiritually speaking, what they are, what their persona is. Look beyond the surface. Look to the Almadir Skassia of Mordechai, the Almadir Skassia of the Megillah. Mordechai Menatare Minayin. Where is Mordechai rooted in the Torah? In the Pasuk Marjar. the Pasuk Marjorar speaks about a spice that was used in the perfumed oil that anointed all the kelim of the Mishkan. Says the Targum on the words Marjorar, that you could read it, Mar- Mem Vav Resh, Resh And the Targum on those words says, Mari Dachya. It, it translates the words marjrar, which is Hebrew, into the Aramaic maridachia, which sounds very similar to the word mordechai, maridachia. It's a spice. Mordechai is bound up with a sense of smell. Every Jewish month is related to one of the senses. Adar is the nose. Not getting into the depth of why now. We'll speak a little bit now about that. Esther has another name. Hadassah. What's hadassah is also something that we use to smell. Says the kedusha slavey. What's the unique thing about smell? It's different than all the other senses, huh? Ah, uh, right, right. So it's the, first of all, it's the holiest of the senses because it wasn't blemished in the chid of the etz So All the other, they felt the tree, they smelled the, tree, they, they they saw the tree, they tasted the tree, and so on and so forth. But the sense of smell is related to neshama. Also also, and that's the, it's really the, it's synonymous with that, right, because that's the place where we have a contact to spirituality. Ruach. But on a very basic level, Ruach is ruchnius, reach, ruch-nius. Re-a. Ruach, spirituality is built on the concept of Ruach. We'll get to all this Mamash, in the last couple of minutes we have. But the unique thing about smell is that in its very nature, it's something that's beyond the surface. Whenever you're smelling something, it's not on the surface. Smell comes from the inside. It's imperceptible. You have a fresh challah comes out of the oven. Where is the smell? (laughs) Where is it? Can you identify the source for this A sound. My phone is ringing. You can hear it, right? But smell is ethereal. Something else. It's the inside. Mordechai and Esther are waking Am Yisrael up to the holistic spiritual, unifying realm beyond the surface of the Gashmi. They're helping Am Yisrael smell that which is deeper. Ruach is something, where Chazal tells us, it fills the entire body. Ruach is something, also it can't be contained. Air is everywhere, it goes everywhere. That's why Rabbi Nachman's story. With that to, the, to those that know it, right? So the third giant is the giant of the winds. You got to that part yet? The giant of the winds, right? Why? Because winds go everywhere. The birds couldn't go everywhere. The animals go, but air goes everywhere. Ruach goes everywhere. Means ruach is the unifier. Ruach brings everything together. Re'ach, ruach, Ruchnias. Spirituality is the ruach that fills everything. Says Mordechai Atzadik walks into the square, and he says lech. Knois call yehudim Esther told Mordechai. If we are to counteract the pirud of Amalek, the physicality and the disparity rooted in corporeality, physical existence, then there's only one way, and that's to bring everybody together. And not just to bring everybody together, individuals, but to help people come together inside to help people identify all the different aspects of what it is to be a human being and then find the essential what's referred to as the min and the mishkan there was one beam that ran throughout the entire mishkan to identify that bring everything together the gemara tells us esther hakodesh esther was with ruach hakodesh the whole thing of esther the whole thing of mordechai is the nekuda. Of Ruach. And that's exactly the message of the Megillah, and with this, we'll end. The message of the Megillah is that everything is Ein Everything. The message of the Megillah is that it gives us back that childlike certainty and sense. There are studies done in Cambridge, there were studies done in Ivy League colleges of kids who had no religious input in the sense of education or their homes completely and entirely on their own were asked do you sense something like do you naturally presume that this world may have been created? It's a very simple calculation. It's a very simple cheshmun. It's a far bigger leap of faith to presume that this is a mistake than to have the sense that this was put together. Why? For what reason? Thousands of pages to delve into this but it's a childlike sense. It's a simplicity. It's a lack of sophistication, there's no calculation. Like we said, we transcend our adult calculations and we go into that place of simplicity that place of Yahadus, that place of Mordechai Yehudi, that place of being able to sense the unity in life, to sense the spiritual realm, to sense that a Kaddish Baruch Hu's name need not be mentioned in the Megillah because every accounting of some mundane story that seems to have been natural is itself Hashem's name in and of itself, is that every word in the Megillah is Hashem's name. So you don't need to have Hashem's name in the Megillah. Because the whole, the, every word in the Megillah is Hashem's name. And the whole entire Almadez Galia, the whole revealed world of Rachel, is bursting with spirituality. It's bursting with Achdos, that we can find HaKadosh Baruch Hu, everywhere and in every experience, and the good days and the bad days, and the multifarious nature of the human condition. And that's why Esther and Mordechai both come from Rachel, from Binyamin. Because Rachel is the Almadez Galia and their job is to fix up Amalek's pigam, blemish, of leaving spirituality in the yudke, their job is to bring it down into the rachl, to bring it down into the vavke. This is the message of Purim. There's so much more to say, we're out of time. This is the message not only of Purim, I believe it's the message of what it is to be a Jew in the first place. To be a Jew is not somebody who has a checklist of obligations and restrictions that from time to time we need to go to, uh, to Chizik mission events and trips to get inspired for 10 days and then come home and sink back into the until the next. Or even from sheer to sheer. <coughs> Yiddishkeit is when a Chizik mission journey and trip and all of the shiurim that all of you are a part of in your khaburas. And again, I tell you, I know what it is, uh, a mother married to one, and I, and I have one. And I, know, and I know what it is to be a father, but I, I know what it is. The fact that you're able to do this speaks endless volumes about who you are. And it's a privilege to, to sit in your presence, and I mean that. This is a remarkable thing. It's remarkable. It's you're the pinnacle of creation. It's a remarkable thing. but it means to say when you get in touch with that to such a degree that you become identified with that sense for the spiritual so that in the most inspired moments and in the most mundane moments am you're plugged into the realm of unity You're plugged into the realm of the Shekhinah that comes down, descending into the disparate parts of the Mishkan that are contributed by everybody and they couldn't put it together. And then Hashem comes down through Moshe, through the Tzaddik. Hashem comes down and He brings it all together. You're bound up with that sense of the Shekhinah's presence. And so I bless you, Mamash, in these moments and I bless me and I bless all of us together. First of all, I bless us to continue with our preparation for Purim when we go back home, to continue to learn, to continue to explore. Today there's so much, there's so much available. All you need to do is find the time. If you can find the time, opportunities are endless at your fingertips. Everything's been translated. There's 50,000 books and 2 million speeches. You could be busy for, for if all you did the rest of your life was learn about Purim, you could still be busy at uh, 119 years old in 364 days, you understand? There's enough out there. So first of all, continue to learn. Continue to yearn in accordance with how much you're learning, what's happening on Purim, Gaguim, Ratzon, finish the shir, finish the sefer, not just closing it and you put it away and you have your little piece of paper so you know where you're holding next time. Finish it and, and say a little tefillah, Baruch not even a tefillah. Master of the world, thank you for this. I can't wait, I can't wait. And in accordance with that, you get a chatzar. So don't stop preparing for Perm. but I bless us all to be able to access inspiration not in the way of the person that gives a man a fish, like the saying says, but where we learn how to fish so that we don't need to outsource our inspiration, but that we become people that are Mala ground up inspired we become overflowing with this holistic clarity of what life is and every piece of the puzzle of our lives has its place and the cement of spirituality brings all the bricks together so that we overflow onto our children, so that we overflow onto our husbands, so that we overflow onto our communities. Each and every person in our generation is a Rebbe, makes no difference who you are, a man, a woman, okay, might be a little, you know, politically is a, I didn't say a rabbi, I said a Rebbe, or a Rebetzin. But, but I mean a Rebbe more, in a way, because a Rebbe means to say that we are responsible for neshamas. Used to be that there were Rebbes and Hasidim, in the post-Holocaust generation, each and every one of us is a Rebbe, and there are tens of thousands of Jews who don't know their Jews, whose neshamas are tully on ours. And when we say Shema Yisrael, who are we speaking to? We're speaking to all those souls that are tully on us. We have a big responsibility, a huge responsibility. Take stock in this mission and march back into, into your lives with incredible joy and incredible fire. Mm-hmm. Be Eretz Yisrael people and continue to be Eretz Yisrael, the people, and it will overflow and will conquer the world with the spirit of Eretz Yisrael. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. We have time for one more song? Or yeah? Okay, we'll do one more. We'll do one more. One more, naked. Yeah, we'll do one more. We'll do one more song. I apologize, my voice is not... Um, i will
1: master of the universe i will sing a song to you where will i find you but where do i not find you Where I go, there you are. Where I stay, there you are too. Only you, you alone, you again Yeah.
0: Thank you so much, thank you so, so much, thank you so, so much.